Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you have plans for us, that you have designs for our life, that you didn't create creation in a vacuum, you didn't start creation and then step away, but you're very intimately and intricately involved, and we, we welcome that, Lord. We ask that you really would help us to see things the way you see them. We thank you for your scriptures. We thank you for Jesus' example. We thank you for the spirit that you've put inside of us to help us find your path. And I pray that what we do today would be another um, clarifying, another inspiring um, time where we get to know you and know what you have in store for us. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, everyone said Amen. 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 Yeah, you can amen as much as you want. You can laugh as much as you want. You can do whatever you want. Sometimes my jokes don't come off quite right, so sometimes you have to laugh even when you don't want to, just to help you pass her out a little bit, you know? So anyways, um, what we're doing is life together. We, our, our idea in this is healthy families, being healthy families, create healthy people and healthy communities. So that, that, that's, that's a proven fact sociologically. It's the, what the Bible teaches, that, that healthy families, healthy church family, these are all very important things, not just for us, but really for all of society. Um, we want to be a healthy church family, which helps create healthy nuclear families, which in turn help us be a healthy church family. There's something so symbiotic about it. If we have a healthy church um, family, then it can help create healthy nuclear families, and if we have healthy nuclear families, it actually creates healthy church family. And if we get all of that right, then not only do we get to experience the beauty of that, but the world around us can see a picture of what God has in mind and the beauty he has. For those who have experienced the good of a healthy nuclear family and a church family, these messages are to help you stay the course and continue to reap the benefit because it is hard work. Amen? Some of you are not working that hard at this. This is easy for some of you. Amen. <laughs> um, for those who have not experienced the good of healthy nuclear family and church family, these messages are to help you gain some hope and some faith and to begin to build a healthy family which will protect you and heal you at the same time. Um, the, the image I've had as I've been praying, I, I've, I've memorized a, verse, uh, a few verses in Jude, and one of the verses says that we're to keep ourselves in the most holy faith, and we're to pray in the Spirit. And we are a, we are a contemplative, charismatic church. That's what we're going for. And, and so praying in the Spirit, even though I've been reading the Bible for a long time, I've been, I've been following Jesus for a long time, and I've, I've even been a pastor for a long time, I'm, I'm, that phrase still just gives me this, uh, I don't know what that's talking about, praying in the Spirit. But, so I've been trying to do that a little more, and my best guess is as I've been praying for us as a church um, going into this series is that there's this image that keeps coming to my mind. So I, I think I'm praying in the Spirit. I think this is what the Spirit's saying. But it's this image of these waves just crashing over us. Almost like each Sunday as we gather together, another wave is crashing over us. And the wave is reconciliation. And the wave is restoration. And the wave is redemption. And it's like the further into this series we get, the more we participate with what God is doing in this season, it's like these waves are going to crash. And when I think of a wave of reconciliation, that's challenging. 
Because there's some relationships that are so painful that I basically say, I don't even want reconciliation. I just want to be free. And God's saying he, he, he wants to bring reconciliation. Or restoration, some relationships that are so hard you thought never possible. God can and wants us who are followers of Christ to believe and hope for restoration. Even in the hardest relationships, as Jesus would say, even with our enemies. And then redemption, which is so amazing that even those places that right now feel like they're the, they're the bane of your existence, they're the dark cloud on your whole life, that God can use those to turn something beautiful, that you actually could get to a place where you say that one relationship that caused you so much pain is actually a place of beauty in your life. That's what redemption is. That's scary stuff. Some of you are like, I'm out of here. Yeah, I get it. it it's challenging. But God wants us um, to do life together. He wants us to not avoid the tender or hard places. As followers of Christ, when we look at his example, he came into the tender, hard places. He came into the mess. He didn't go away from the fray. He went into the fire. And that's what we're called to do as followers of Christ because, because he, we want so badly and we believe so badly that he can heal things that are broken. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling the heaviness of all of this. So let's go to our first point. Actually, I'll tell you all three points um, just so you can know what's coming. First of all, life together is God's design. We're going to spend some time talking about that. Second, life together is a beautiful letdown. And the third one is life together is about bearing each other's burdens. Um, so first of all, life together is God's design. Let's go to the scriptures. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. God had been doing a lot of creation. He'd been doing a lot of talking. Let there be, let there be, let there be. And things would show up and it was beautiful and it was good. And he kept saying that. At the end of every day of creation, he would, he would look and he would say, man, that's good. You see that? That's good. Um, and then in 2.18, it says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. And then we know about the bone and the rib and all of those type of things. And, and then in verse 24, it says, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Life together. It was written into the very beginning. The very fabric of creation was created within, with this in mind, that it is not good for people to be alone. That was not God's plan for humankind, that they would be alone. When Adam was the only one, it was not good. The first thing in all of creation that was not good. And it wasn't a statement that male is bad. I know some people are like, eh, maybe it could be, you know. I'm not so sure that's not true. And definitely in society, we're hearing more and more um, things like that. But no, what he was saying was the, was the aloneness, the isolation was not good. That there was something else, there was something better. And so God made a helper suitable for him. He, he made something where they can come together. And when they come together, they get to see the good. And so he says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. And basically, you see this picture. God's design is for us to be together with mother and father, together in family. And then there comes a day where there is, there is something, there's a graduation, there's a stepping out of that, but it's not into isolation. 
It's stepping into family, togetherness. Actually, some sort of beautiful togetherness where you can't even tell where there's two anymore. It just feels like one. And that's the plan of God, to go from healthy family and then create healthy family. And so this health is perpetuated. This goodness is perpetuated. That's God's design. And that goes on to talk about not just God's design for for our singleness, God's design for our marriage, God's design for family. God has a design for all of these things. And God's design is good. When we get this right, when all of a sudden someone goes from healthy family to create a healthy family, sociology, not just the scriptures, teaches us that it's really beautiful what happens. And when we don't go along God's design and there's brokenness in this family and then it creates brokenness in this family and there's a perpetuation of the not good. And sociology teaches us a lot about that. What God has designed is so beautiful, you guys. It's so good. It's so right. One way to look at it is think about the the old man and woman, like the really old man and woman who are just kind of barely walking and they're going into Subway and they're just holding hands. And everyone who sees them is just like, Yes, look at that. Look at that. You know, and everyone's like, how did they get there? How can they still be together? How can they still be there? And Subway, I don't know why I said Subway. So I know it's like getting to lunchtime or whatever. So please don't, don't go down the Subway road. Stick with the couple that's holding hands. That's all that matters in this story. Uh, people are like, oh, Subway, yeah, yeah. Um, but they're holding hands. And there's just something about all of us that just go, good. That is good. And we don't even have to know the story. We don't have to be a part of the family history. We don't have to know all of the challenges they've over. We just see it, and in a split second, we get a little glimpse as to what God had in mind. And we say, it is good. And something in our heart begins to even shift and heal a little bit. It is good. It is beautiful. Picture this. Picture this guy, okay? Just a man, man, don't picture me, picture like this man, 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 like full beard. He's kind of got the right wrinkles in his face because he's just been so strong all the time. <laughs> and, he, you know, he's just, he's just strong. His hands look like the, he's a welder. He just carries metal and he doesn't even use saws anymore. He just breaks the metal. I mean, picture just this man, like there's, there's guys out there just so manly. And, and yet, and yet you, see the, I mean, you see this picture, you've probably all seen this picture, where there's a guy like that, and then he's holding this baby, right? He's holding this baby, and he's just, there's a look in his eyes that's just so not manly, except for it's actually true manly, where his heart is just totally overwhelmed by this little tiny thing. I remember I was in the San Francisco airport one time, and I saw a San Francisco 49er, which was a big deal. Any Niners fans out there? Yeah, go away from us. We're Cardinals fans, and <laughs> our life sucks, okay? Um, but, but anyways, there was, this, there was this guy, and I mean, he was just full, like, he was probably a tight end on the, you know, he's just one of those huge, massive guys, legs this big around, and then there was this tiny little person, girl, this, this high, this girl, and he was, she was, she had, she had his, his finger was like my hand, and she was just, she just had her hand on one of his fingers and she was just basically just like jerking him around. And he was just, anywhere she would go, she, he was going. He was just following her and she was totally the boss in the situation. And there was just something as you looked at it, you just said, it is good. It is so beautiful to see this, 
this guy who could do anything. But he's giving himself completely away to this little daughter of his. She rules him. Not because, not because she's stronger. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes those little girls, bam, they are tough stuff. My firstborn daughter, gosh, and she's strong. But anyways, like there's just something about that moment. When we get it right, you guys, it's so beautiful. And here's a dilemma. Here's a challenge. When we get it wrong, it's so painful that we don't even want to look at it again. When we get it wrong, we as a society, we as humans, we say, hey, you know what? Let's not even talk about that anymore. Because honestly, every time I see it, every time I think of it, I get two feelings. One is I say, yeah, it's good, but man, it hurts. Because I haven't experienced it the way it was supposed to be. And there is a, a, an an idea in society that maybe what God has designed isn't good, or maybe it's the problem in the world. And that is such a lie. It's so false. What God has designed is good and worth fighting for, striving for, pushing for. It really is so beautiful. When we get marriage right, when we get singleness right, when we get family right, when we get these things right, we do get to see the goodness. We get to experience, but the whole world does as well. So the first thing is life together is God's design, and it is beautiful. But because it doesn't always work out quite right, we have point number two. (laughs) Life together is a beautiful letdown. It's a mess. It's a challenge. It's a struggle. Um, When we see in scriptures... um, the stories of family, we often see uh, both beauty and letdown. So just turn one page if you have to, but Genesis chapter 4, still here in these beginnings, we get to see the first family. Now Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for the Abel's, Abel's offering and didn't have regard for Cain's. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door and its desire is contrary to you. But you must rule over it. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up um, against his brother Abel and killed him. So here we have the first family and it doesn't go so great. You know, it's a a bummer situation, big time. Um, At the very beginning of this, you have Adam and Eve knowing each other. Now, that's the PG version of what's really taking place there. They know each other. So, uh, again, sorry, you, it's my brain coming through, and this is the way my brain works. But, but I, I just I read these stories, and I just think this is so fascinating. So how long were Adam and Eve naked together before they figured this out? It's kind of a, it's a weird thought, I know, but, but we know they were naked. And then all of a sudden, we know that she was pregnant. And there was a time between where they, 
were figuring it out. No one was there to tell them. They didn't know what was going on. So anyways, they figure it out, and they're like, that was beautiful. And the very next day, Eve is puking all over the place. And she's got the spits. Any pregnant lady ever got the spits? You don't want to admit it, I know. I wouldn't either. Sorry, Brittany, but my wife got the spits. Something about being pregnant, and all of a sudden, she just was like, she had to carry a towel and just like, I don't know what's happening to my body, but uh, I'm good on the saliva category. It's going real good for me. And I've, I know there are other people that had that too, but anyways, it's just all of a sudden, she's like, this is beautiful. That was amazing. We should do that some more. And then it's like, get away from me. I feel horrible. Beautiful letdown right there. Bam. Right as you start this thing off. Then on a particular horrible day for Eve, she gives birth to a son. So she was like, she was like I don't know what's happening to me. I'm dying. I'm dying. It's over. And it was this horrible situation, total letdown. And then all of a sudden, there was a baby. She gave birth to a baby. And they were like, what is that? And, and something beautiful, something beautiful took place. And they're like, this is awesome. We got this baby. And then the baby starts growing, and the baby looks like them, and, you know, it's this wonderful thing. And I know it was challenging, but they didn't have jobs, so they just got to hang out all the time. I don't know if I'm right about everything I'm saying right now. It's just the way my mind unpacks this stuff, okay? So then they're like, this is so beautiful. We got this baby. And then, there's, and then there was another baby. And then another baby came, and they're like, okay, this is interesting. There's like ups and downs in the process, but look how beautiful this. We got these two baby boys, and then they grow up, and they're doing cool things on their own, and they're just now, you know, they don't have to work anymore because the kids are doing all the work, and it's beautiful. And then one day, one of the brothers kills the other one. It's not so beautiful anymore. There's a big letdown. And, it's just, and, you get, and you read the rest of the scriptures and you're like, there it is. Beautiful letdown. Beautiful letdown. Beautiful letdown. Beautiful letdown. It's the process. It's the way it goes. That's the scriptures. Life together is a beautiful letdown. It's messy. It's challenging. Um, it's hard. And we read it in the scriptures and we think, wow, that's funny. You guys were laughing a lot there. Um, But the scriptures are basically illustrating what we experience in life. And the scriptures are telling their story, which we all know ultimately is our story. Because our life is full of the same, the beautiful letdown. For me, I did. I, I got to grow up in a family where my mom and dad were together and stayed faithful to each other. And what that gave me and my heart and my brothers was awesome. My brothers, I had two older brothers and no one killed each other. Real close a few times. Real close, especially my older two. Came close a few times. But everyone survived. And we got to experience the beauty of all of that. But you keep going long enough, the story keeps going. Next thing you know, my dad took his life. My hero took his life. Five years later, my mom, cancer took her life. Now we're not, we're not, hey, wait a second. I thought it was like 
you leave this, and then they, they're going to be okay, and then you start this, and everything's fine. And I, it was this really interesting moment of sitting there. I had just gotten married. I got married in October. My mom was diagnosed with cancer in December. And then in March, my new wife and I, actually my brother and his new wife also, we were standing by my mom on her deathbed saying goodbye. And the leaving and the cleaving was a little different in that situation. But it was really beautiful to see my wife stepping into this role in my heart that my mom was leaving. I mean, talk about a beautiful letdown right there in that moment. Beauty and pain all mixed together. And the truth is, that's, that's what our life feels like. Life together is a beautiful letdown. And here's the hope in that. God never intended marriage to be the ultimate for us. He never intended singleness to be the ultimate for us. He never ultimately intended family to be the ultimate for us. The idea of life together that he has in store for us, those things are just appetizers. They're just tastes of the fuller reality that he has planned for us and what's to come in the next life. So I've kind of conditioned my heart and soul now that when I see the beauty, I think, oh, this is wonderful. Thank you, Lord, for giving me a splash of the kingdom. And then when I run into the letdowns, I say, thank you, Lord, that one day I'm going to get to see the full realization. Because right now, and this is maybe a helpful picture for you or not, but I, I think about, um, I've been thinking about the, doing, and I, I don't know how to say this. I, I'm, I'm not thinking about doing embroidery, but I think about people doing embroidery. And I've been thinking a lot about it not because I'm thinking about getting into it, although I should, maybe, but I've, it's just been making sense to me that when you do embroidery, like you have this, this fabric, and then you, you kind of do this in and out thing. You can correct me if I'm wrong, because I could very well be wrong. But on, on one side, you see it's just ugly. It's just a bunch of, you know, string and all this stuff, just chaos on this side. But then you flip the thing over, and you, oh, there it is, the full realization. And what we deal with now is, is basically all of these things, our singleness, when we do it God's way, even if we do it God's way, it still comes out messy. Marriage, even if we do it God's way, it's hard. Even family, it can be challenging. All these things. We're, we're getting to see this side of thing. And, and, then, and then even when we do it God's way, it sometimes gets broken. Or there's just all this mess on this side. But one day, the promise of God is not that you're going to get it all perfect in this side, but the promise of God is that one day, when we go to be with him, it's going to be flipped. And we're going to get to see the picture as he sees it. We're going to get to see the beauty and none of the letdown. And in fact, all the places that we saw letdown, we're actually going to say, oh, wow, that's what you were doing? That's what the letdown looks like from your side? Oh, that changes everything. And we will in that moment and on that day say like the angels, holy, holy, holy are you. Righteous and true is every single one of your judgments. Never once was I ever forsaken. Never once did you leave me alone. And so now we're left with this side of the fabric. 
And we could try and say, forget God's design. I'm just going to do my own thing, and we'll just get chaos. But if we continue to try and do God's design, what we'll see is that one day it will be flipped. And we'll see the beauty without the letdown. The way I put it is, is like this. Um, the scriptures make it clear that one day we'll see the full realization of the beauty God has designed for us without any of the letdown. Now we see in part, but then we will see face to face. The hunger we have for food in this life, we'll see, was actually something that was just pointing us to the presence of God. The thirst we have in this life is just pointing us to what will be quenched in us by the presence of God. The longing for sex that we have in this life will ultimately show us that it was just something pointing us to what will be satisfied in the presence of God. The need we have for sleep will no longer be a need because of the presence of God. In a moment, in the twinkling of, of an eye, everything will be changed. And that's why the disappointments that we have of today, they aren't just disappointments. They're also pointers to the promise that we have in heaven. That Jesus is going to prepare a place for us where we're going to get to see the full realization of what he had in mind for us to be in life together. So now when you feel lonely, just let it be a reminder to you that one day Jesus is going to help you understand what that loneliness is about. Now when you're really having a struggle being together, just remember that that's part of the, the thing that's pointing you towards the promise of what Jesus has for you in the life to come. And lastly, life together is about bearing one another's burdens. Um, Paul was the framer of the, of, the, of the New Testament. He was the architect of the church in a lot of ways that we have in the New Testament, mostly his writings, where he's trying to help people understand what it means to be in life together as the people of God. Whether you're in a, in a culture that's you know, really helping you with that or a culture that's wanting to kill you for doing that. Um, and these verses uh, are, are, are helpful in us understanding what, what it means to, to be in life together. He says in Galatians 6.6, 6, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So we know that Jesus taught to fulfill the whole law is to love one another. And Paul's taking it that one step further and saying, loving one another, you know what it looks like? Bearing each other's burdens. It, it, it looks like have, being with someone who's caught in a sin and, and, and working by the Spirit to restore the person. Not just to cut them off, but getting into the mess. Someone has messed up. Someone's done something wrong. Someone's failed, and it affects you. It affects other people. And instead of turning your back on them, you get into the mess with them. And take... Take heart and, and, and be careful so that you don't end up tempted as well. But Jesus is calling us into the mess to bear one another's burdens because that's what Jesus has done for us. Romans 15. Um, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good, to build them up. Um, neighbors. That can be a messy situation. Um, me and some guys, we're raising some funds right now for, for a Belize men's retreat. And, uh, and, and the way, we're doing, the way I do that is with the chainsaw. I have a chainsaw, and I'm, I'm comfortable with the chainsaw. So um, this guy invited us over, and we were taking out these trees in his yard. And uh, his neighbor came over and just 
was like super passive aggressive with us in, in very interesting ways. And then he got, he got there later and I said, hey, your neighbor came over to talk to us. And he goes, Ugh. he was like, was she super passive aggressive? And I was like, yep, <laughs> she was super passive aggressive. So it's messy. But Jesus doesn't say, all right, then just cut this. Build that wall higher. It's not what he says. You get into the mess. Bear one another's burdens. Don't avoid it. Get into it. Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. There is nothing more challenging than forgiveness. It's the hardest miracle I think there is. Forgiveness. And, Jesus, and Paul throws the little kicker in there just in case you're like, no, I don't think, I, forgive as Jesus forgave you. <gasps> it's hard work. It's messy work. And lastly, Titus 3, I love this. This is just a specific example that Paul's saying, do everything you can to help Zenos the lawyer. We know about lawyers. It could be messy. And Apollos on their way and see that they have everything they need. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for urgent needs and not live unproductive lives. So when there's an urgent need, there's an, there's an American side of us that wants to sanitize us, ourselves and kind of insulate ourselves from ever having any discomfort. That's the American side of you. That's not the Christian side of you. The Jesus side of you would say, oh, there's an urgent need. Oh, there's someone hurting how do I get to him? How do I get my shoulder under, under the weight of their burden? That's what Jesus has done for us. Let's pray. If you'll just take this moment and just quiet your heart. Maybe even take a stab at praying in the Spirit. Seeing what the Spirit might be saying to you today. I think it'd be good for everyone in their heart to just say, God, help me to see your design for this moment in my life. Help me not to do what is right in my eyes, but what is right in your eyes, even if it's the harder path. I give my singleness to you. I give my marriage to you. I give my post-marriage life to you. I give my family to you. And then for others, it might be a moment where you say, God, the burden is just too heavy. The burden of disability in my family, the burden of transgender in my family, the burden of finances in my family, the burden of uncle or aunt, the burden, whatever it might be. God, help me to have the strength 
to bear with the burdens, to bear with the challenges. And to offer your love and never anything else. Even when someone else doesn't get it right, because I know I don't always get it right. Soften my heart, Lord, and strengthen my shoulders. Lord, we pray that you would lead us into life together. I pray that this church would be, would be a family that, that really gets as close as possible to what you have in mind for us, Lord. And we thank you that even when we fail, we have the hope of, of heaven the hope of the family to come. We thank you that that's all possible, Jesus, because of what you did for us, that you came into our mess and you brought your healing and your hope.